Good morning. Good morning. We've got Abby George on today from Sand Hills Nanny Co. Long time coming. Third time was a charm for her to to get here. Yeah, it's hard when you're juggling business and family and illnesses. And as you can hear my voice, (laughs) still getting (laughs) over one a few weeks later. (laughs) Yeah, but it was a really great conversation. Her business is so multifaceted, which both of us can relate to because it's like you have the layer of children in which are your actual clients and then you have their parents and then you have employees and, you know, contracts and laws and (laughs) all the things that you have to be well versed in. Right. And it's a lot of pressure when you're you know, helping someone find care for their children. Like I'm so picky about who watches my kids. Yeah. And that would be a lot of pressure on someone for me to be like, this is exactly what I want. Right. Now go find it. (laughs) (laughs) Now go find this unicorn. Yes. Yes. But she talks about how, I mean, she's only been in business for two and a half years. Right. And they service over 700 families and are expanding. And I mean, she talks about all of it, but we dive into the very nitty gritty. So if you have kids, this is a great one. Absolutely. Um, and if you are a business owner, you can learn a lot of things just on the multifacetedness. <laughs> is that a word? Sure. <laughs> all the layers. Businesses are like onions. Mm-hmm. And I loved personally that she used a business consultant. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's like right off the bat, business consultant. Right. Because she wanted to make sure she did it right. You know, she's wanting to make sure she runs it the right way and everything's legal and she's taking care of both her clients and her staff. And that's very respectable. And then she's even done your courses, she said. Yeah. Trying to take care of herself. Yeah. That's great. So it's great to hear that somebody's able to juggle it all and still realizing what the priority is and running a business and family and all those things. Yeah. Launching a business, uh, when you have a newborn. Right. And she just had another one. Let's go. No big deal. I know. Wild. Great episode. Super wonderful conversation. Um, enjoy Abby. I'm Sarah. I'm Caitlin. Two women discussing all things in business. Welcome to She's the Boss. <laughs> Just <laughs> you have to pull it together. Sarah's sexy voice is here today. Sarah is here today. It's <laughs> called my October voice. Because <laughs> it happens every October. It happens every October. Yeah. So we well, can't pause recording. So, right. So here we are. Everyone's just going to have to listen to Sarah's October sexy voice and that's fine. <laughs> Sorry, Abby. Yeah. Well, we're glad that this finally happened. I, 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 I don't even remember what happened, but we're here. So yeah. Yeah. You I'm were excited. sick. And then Abby also had an appointment <clears throat> or something. Is this crazy. her photographic memory? Yes. <laughs> Like, I don't know what happened. Because I remember texting Abby and she's like, oh no, my daughter has an appointment and she had like a different date in her calendar or Uh something. Yeah. Mm. I missed, messed up scheduling the first time and then we're sick. Yeah. Oh, what was I sick with? Um, you were like dying. 
the kidney oh, infection. Oh, was that a kidney infection? I was yeah. like, what happened in my life where I was sick? I don't get sick that often. That, yeah. that was a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of a big deal. Kind of dying. It's well, fine. third time's charm. Yep. <laughs> Here we are. Welcome. I'm excited. Yeah, so we, it's so funny because when you walked in the house, it was like, I know you, yeah, but yeah, I've no. never, we've never yeah, met in person, I know. but when you started the company, mm-hmm. we connected and talked a little bit over oh, yeah, socials and stuff. Partnership just kind of like lingering yeah, for yeah, yeah, so yeah. long. Yeah. <laughs> and then we met in person as you walked into the house to record this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> know, so it's that's fun. so funny that it, that happens and that's so normal now. That right. was never a thing you know, 10 years ago where you just knew somebody on social media because there wasn't, well, 10 years ago, I guess there was. I know. The beginning of Facebook. I walked in. I'm like, oh, I know. Abby. Yeah. There's Abby. Because <laughs> yeah. I see you're on social media. Oh, so. right. <laughs> but you guys have never met. No, yeah. we never met either. Yeah. And I was telling the kids last night that you were coming on today because we were going over schedules and what everybody's expectations for the next day are. And um, they were like, oh, who's coming on? And I said, Abby with Sandhills Nanny Co. And they said, oh, yeah, when we had Caitlin come nanny for us, or I think she just babysat a few times, and they were reciting stories because she's her sister, right? Mm -hmm. They were reciting stories that she told them. That they like remember something about like, I think eyelashes singeing off or something <laughs> like that. How like when she was a teenager or something and they were like, she was the greatest. She was so fun. Oh, I totally know what she's talking about. <laughs> yeah. I like we, when we were kids, I tried to light a grill and it just like, oh yeah. Crazy. Those gas grills. Uh huh. Yeah. We were in the middle of a storm. It was, it was something. Oh yeah. Yeah. Anyway, my kids remember that. <laughs> cool. So it was very impactful for them. I Great experience. That. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah it's uh it's funny that in like this roundabout way we connected at the time that we did because it's somewhat of the same sort of industry that we're all in it's children it's you know people enriching children's lives and when we first connected um I think I told you that my very first company was a nanny agency I did not know that yeah so Um, it was not very successful, but it, as most (laughs) entrepreneurs are, you learn a lot of things along the way, but I was a nanny for all of high school into my early twenties and just loved being around kids and families. And I just love people, but I worked for two really incredible families that shaped a lot of who I am, just their support, the things that they taught me, the right. connections, all of that, that one of the families, I was like, Hey, I want to start this agency because a lot of people were requesting me to come babysit and I couldn't do it anymore. But I'm like, clearly you trust me. Maybe you'll trust me to trust these other people. And, uh, one of the families, I basically was like, Hey, I will, I used to go on trips with them. So like we would go to like Breckenridge and all these amazing places because they were in an industry where they traveled a lot. Um, and I was like, Hey, I'll, I'll go on this trip. I'll nanny. I'll do these things in advance. If you can just pay me up front for all of this so I can fund my business. And they did. And, um, it was successful to the point that we had to move away. (laughs) 
but it was back in the day. There was an, there wasn't any like scheduling apps. There was nothing. I was sending out blast emails that I created in like Microsoft Word. You know, <laughs> it was, and then I like didn't even know how to BCC people. It was, it was so trial and error. But the concept is that was like cutting edge at the time, and now there are so many apps and things to be able to integrate to where it can be really seamless. So I'm curious from your side, like, were you a nanny? Did you babysit? Did you love kids? Did you want to be a business owner? How, what did that all look like? Yeah. So for me, what happened is I was a career nanny. I had nannied for years before starting the business and here locally in the community. That's kind of like the same. I worked for so many families. I, probably serviced like 300 families on my own. And so we had like this huge community of families that I had already serviced. And after I got pregnant with my first, I was like this, I didn't even realize it was an industry when I was nannying, um, which like is pretty neat because that shows just like not a lot of nannies realize that there is such a huge support system. But um, so anyways, I wanted that for just our nannies moving forward. And so once I had my first, I decided, like, we have all these families, but I can't physically service them on my own yeah. anymore. So kind of the same model is I started the agency, and it flourished due to, like, all of, you know, the people that I had served before. And then it kind of just grew to the the all of Moore County, and then we do Lake County and Cumberland County now, too. Oh, wow. But, um, yeah, so that's how we started. So... Yeah, same same kind of concept. How did you get all the business side of it, right? It's one thing being a nanny and knowing how to work with kids, but just like in the industry school, um, you know, the arts, it's like you can be really good at taking care of the kids, but are you good at running the business? Right. Yeah. yeah. So cool story. I like had this idea. Obviously, I didn't know it was an industry. And um, I found this one lady who was a business consultant. She literally gave me a whole business plan for $250 and I hit the ground running with it. So I hit the ground running with it. And then, um, kind of along the way is when I really like met different people at APNA, which is uh, basically a whole group of nanny agencies that meet together. And I just, the community on the nanny industry side of things just really grew. And I got to know a lot of people, um, actually worked for, the CRM software that we use for, to manage our agency. Oh. I worked for them as well. So I met a lot of agency owners and just got to connect with them and learn how, you know, what their process were processes were like compared to ours and, um, helped a lot of them like kind of streamline their processes and, and get up and going. So really that's how it's just uh, community and like getting to know a lot of people. So did you have any other business background or just going from nanny to that nanny to that. So I started in nursing. Um, I went to college for about six months in Missouri and then I came back and hit the ground running with this. So no, it was all just learned, but I've always had like the heart of an entrepreneur. Um, I am one to like, if I can't figure it out, I'm going to figure it out. Like, you know, I just will dig, dig, dig until I can, you know, <laughs> do you know what my next question is going to be? Uh Oh, have you taken the Enneagram? <laughs> um, so I took it once. I, known. I know. I took it once and was like, but I don't remember any of it. So I need to do it again. Yes. You have to do it. And I was in your whole class, but I was oh, in the you midst did the of the Enneagram course. Yes. But I. Did you I, not take it before? I, yeah. No, I need to go back through and like mm -hmm. read things that you sent because 
I was like in the midst of new baby stage and my brain was not there. Yeah. So you have a two and a half and a four month old. Yep. A four month old. So she's, me too. Charlie's yeah, five months, but um, <laughs> much different stages. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. for sure. That's it's a lot. Yeah. So but it's, he's a good baby. It's we're like having the best time ever. Two boys. Mm-hmm. Two boys. Yeah. Boy, mama. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I love it. Tell me um, when you were like, I went to school in Missouri, yeah. and then I was back here. I'm like, how are we going to Missouri? And then we're back here. Are you from here? Yeah, yeah. Born and raised here in Aberdeen, actually. Really? Um, cool story. I yeah. Side note. Um, I'm like, you don't sound like it. Really? <laughs> the house that I grew up in, I just we me and my husband bought it for my parents, and so I'm living <gasps> in my and like raising my kids in the home that I grew oh, up in. So it was really wow. neat. Yeah. So that's cool. But anyways. Is that the house that you singed Caitlin's eyelashes? Yes. In? Okay. In the backyard, for sure. <laughs> um, but Missouri, um, Caitlin had uh, my sister. She went to college in Missouri uh, for four years. And so she was there. I knew I had like someone there to go mm-hmm. to. So honestly, I just went for the experience and um, to the change of scenery because I was kind of like at a, at a crossroads. Do I want to do nursing? You know, do I want to continue my nanny career? or do something different. So it was just kind of a, a learning, you know, opportunity just to get away from home. Did you guys have an any growing up? Um, no, we no. did not. Mm-mm. I just honestly have always had like a love and passion for kids. And that's where it started. I mean, I remember I was like 14, 15 sitting for so many families and then it just grew and grew and grew. So mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I started babysitting when I was like 11 or 12. Yeah. yeah. I don't even know if that was legal. <laughs> I know. When we, Molly will babysit and she's only 10, but everyone forgets that she's yep. 10 because yeah. she's so crazy mature. Right. And then we have to remind ourselves like, oh, <laughs> okay. She's 10. If there was like an emergency, I'm confident she would know what to do because she is like kind of a 40 year old in a 10 year old's body. (laughs) But yeah, it's really interesting how certain personalities start, especially girls, right? Right. Start taking care of kids at kind of a young age. It's that nurturer. Right. Well, my people that hired me, I did it every Friday so they could go on date night Yeah. and they just had one kid and they're like, we actually prefer younger, you know, babysitters because you're still closer to their age and we'll play with them more. Right. right. But, um, I don't think I ever grew out of that. I still play <laughs> with, the with kids. my kids. Yeah. 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 Did so, you grow up with a nanny? No, no, no. I, I was poor. <laughs> so I know you were gathering your pennies for your college fund. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. We had, um, for a little while we had a live in probably what you would call an au pair now, but at, at that point she was, um, she would come up, we grew up in San Diego. So she would come up from Mexico during the week and then she would go home on the weekend and she spoke very little English and she cooked for us. She just did like the household things and made sure that we were alive essentially, but it was nothing like nannies now where they're like we're driving you to your enrichment activities and then we are going to do your homework together and things like that like it was very free range (laughs) as long as we were alive it was it was good yeah um but I have a lot of fond memories of those years for sure that's neat yeah because you're from California right yeah awesome yeah and the industry is so much bigger over there and I feel like it's getting a little bougie too oh it is (laughs) 
Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> I love I love our small town, our small town feel. For yeah. Sure, so tell people what it looks like to like for them to come to Sandhills Nanny Co. What are the services you guys provide, and what is the process that somebody would go through? Yeah. So we have uh, we have multiple services, but like our two biggest is we have an on call service where we do uh, babysitting services. So essentially. Um, we have, you know, some nurse mamas who book 12 hour days. And then we also have, you know, just date nights and small things. But, um, essentially what we do is we heavily vet nannies. And when I'm, when I say heavily vet, like it is very, like we only pass about 5% of the nannies through, um, we do social media screens and we run like IP addresses on, you know, the dust the computers where they're coming in so that we make sure that the social media screens are coming from like viable sources and our reference screens are coming from viable sources. So what, um, that it's a lot, right? Yes. (laughs) So what exactly does that look like a social media screen? Is that you going through somebody's social media? What if it's private? Nope. So we use a third party. They have to, they have to make it public for us to do our screens. So it's just a part of the, it's part of the process. Um, but we use a third party called scout and they're actually made for our industry they do a seven year search on social media and that's going to screen for absolutely everything that you can like drugs, alcohol use, everything. It does like a full screen and it gives us a report that shows us, you know, where they fall like on, they, it scores them from zero to a thousand and it'll show us where they kind of fall on like the, the safely approved social media side of things. Oh yeah. So once I asked for looking for a babysitter or something and all these people commented and like, girls like I mean all their cleavage hanging out or like super provocative Mm -hmm. clothing one was like French kissing her boyfriend in her profile picture another (laughs) one had a filter on where she had devil horns and I'm like no you're not watching my kid like I don't think they realize right what that portrays yeah social media definitely does have a really big impact and I'll say like our you know we noticed as we were onboarding that, um, we would get people that like, wouldn't give like a full commitment. They wouldn't be fully committed. And so like by adding these very, very tiny things to our onboarding process and making it like stronger, it has helped tremendously in just making sure that every nanny that gets onboarded is we know without a shadow of a doubt, they're going to work hard and they're going to service our families like they're their own children and really pour their hearts into, to each family that we have on the team. So, yeah. Yeah. So you do a full social media screen and then I'm assuming there's some sort of background check, background check, drug test. Um, they all get reference screens. We like verify their previous employment. Um, we do, there was something else and of course I can't think of it now. Oh, CPR and first aid certification, stuff like that. So yeah. That's a lot. Mm -hmm. That probably deters a lot of people. It does. But that's why we, I mean, we get hundreds of applicants, Mm -hmm. but like I said, we don't, we don't pass a ton of people through just because, you know, we spend a lot of time and money on each candidate before they're ever even working. And so we just have to know, you know, without a shadow of a doubt, they're going to be there. They're going to show up on time. They're going to be consistent for our families. And, um, it has been difficult, like to, I would say like from when I first started to now just finding people who are consistent, but that's why we really dig deep in the community and like have our hands in so many different recruiting platforms and social media. And we're always digging for multiple resources to, um, find the best. So, um, but that just is like part of the process, but essentially 
our families, they can become a member for the on-call service. And that's what they're getting. They're getting that full process. They're knowing that each of these nannies have been through a heavy process before we're referring them to their families and they know that like they're protected per se. So, so if I were to do the on-call service, I'm paying a monthly fee. Yep. Okay. And that gives me access to, I get on the app and I can say I need somebody for tomorrow night and it shows me who's available. Right. Yes. And then it gives you, so if you're a member, it gives you priority access. So that means your bookings are sent out first. Um, before people who are non-members, you essentially get first dibs on the providers who are available. And then um, our support, obviously, from our team. And then um, our promise to them that the sitter's been heavily vetted and been through that process. So that's a lot. That's mm-hmm. a lot up front as a business owner. And I'm sure you were doing most of that in the very, very beginning. Yeah, me and Caitlin. Yeah. Yeah, we were tag teaming everything. So you were like calling references. You were looking I'm sure at that point you were looking through people's social media yeah yeah, we were doing everything by hand Uh until um I went to APNA and that's where like all of the agency owners came together and that's a um, conference yes it's a conference and you know obviously when you go to those you learn about all the all the resources yeah yeah Yeah. you come back and you're like let's go time right I love going to conferences for that reason (laughs) yeah and just all the connections you make and then you can be like hey I want to do this have you done this before and you're not in the same area. So it's not like it's competition. Nope. Everybody can it's amazing. help each other. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And so then there's the whole nanny side of it. Yes. There's the long-term placement. So essentially same thing. We, um, we do a discovery call with clients and then they pay a deposit, a $300 deposit. And we offer them multiple nannies that have been through the same process, the heavily vetted process. We craft like professional profiles that kind of, uh, display the nannies and show, you know, what their qualifications are and everything that we learned about the nanny we put into basically a resume and show it to the families and, um, they get to review them, decide who they want to interview. And, um, after the interviews are done, we kind of get feedback, they make an offer to the nanny and then we build a contract for the family and nanny. Um, and then both parties sign it and that's when, uh, their placement's complete. And then all of those placements come with a replacement guarantee, obviously. So we will, stand behind our nannies and replace them if need be. So, so do they then pay the nanny directly or do they pay the company? They pay the nannies directly. Yep. They're all, um, all of the families directly employ the nannies and we have, um, some amazing like payroll companies that will refer and they do everything through them. So yeah, because it's a legit industry now. It's not like, Hey, I'm going to pay you under the table and then nobody claims taxes. The parents don't get the write off or the, you know, that's been a huge issue for me. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And like it makes trying, it very expensive. Right. And trying to find childcare because I need childcare so I can work. Therefore, I want to be able to write it off on my taxes yes. that I'm paying for yeah. it. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I've messaged some people and I'm like, hey, are you able to do this? They're like, will you pay me cash? And I'm like, well, <laughs> I would prefer to, yeah. you know, claim it on yeah. my taxes. Yeah. And they're just trying to get, which I, I get most of them are young and right. wanting to save on that. But at the same time, like, it's illegal. Yeah. Right. Right. And that has been a huge thing for us too, is like, I feel like if someone doesn't come from a large area like California and they don't really know that it's an industry and, um, know how big it is, they, they come and they just, right. They just want a babysitter like one time and they just want to pay them cash. Mm -hmm. Well, they don't understand, you know, why it's not legal. And so a lot of our like time spent with families is educating them on, 
you know, why we do taxes and payroll. I, I mean, I can't tell you how many phone calls that I have a week that are just simply talking about, you know, why you can't give a nanny a 1099 and why it's not legal. So, yeah. But so you've had to be very well versed on all of the laws and all of the regulations. Oh, yeah. It's so multifaceted. I mean, I can understand. I, uh, it's yeah. the same type of thing, right? Because right. you're dealing with the kids, then you're dealing with your employees, essentially, right. and then the parents, and then the laws that go along with it. You yeah. have to compartmentalize so many different things and show up with so many different hats, right? which is so hard. Yeah. <laughs> so <clears throat> I have a couple of questions. What's the biggest family that's ever called for a nanny? Biggest family? Like how many kids? Uh-huh. <laughs> why are you trying to be the one no i, I don't just i honestly curious. don't think i mean i think four probably is the most mm. oh okay. do you mean you mean long-term nanny or Both. babysitter yeah yeah i would say four probably is the max that we've seen so far just because but. i was thinking of the law stuff and there's like a one to six oh, yeah, ratio yeah and so like if you have seven kids and you call do we have to get two nannies or <laughs> yeah you know i was thinking of, through all that it's stuff. 70 dollars an hour for what? Two nannies? <laughs> no, for seven kids. Seven uh, kids. I'll just stay home. <laughs> I'll cancel my plans. <laughs> yeah, I know. So how do you determine, are your nannies guaranteed a certain pay? Sorry, my voice sounds terrible, by the way. For, it's sexy. Uh, so do your nannies get... <laughs> I'm sorry. I was just thinking like, remember when there used to be like 1-800 numbers? <laughs> <laughs> they were 900 weren't they i'm not sure i wasn't calling them but i do remember <laughs> there being like commercials and stuff like that oh gosh we're now. talking about child care i'm sorry <laughs> i'm sorry squirrel <laughs> <laughs> but are your nannies guaranteed a certain rate or do you set the rate or do they get to pick the rate how mm. does all that work um so it's a little bit different so for the on-call service um the hourly rate is 15 dollars an hour plus two dollars per added child so Across the board, that's what the nannies make. Um, and then for long-term placements, it is 18 to 25 an hour here in our local area. And um, basically all of that is negotiated between nanny and family. So we advocate for the nanny and then kind of guide the family in what like the going rate is here in the county. Um, but ultimately, they decide what that rate is. And um, most families will give guaranteed hours. So they'll pay a certain you know, pay for a certain amount of hours, depending on, you know, no matter if the nanny works that or not, you know, if they need to drop the hours one week, the nanny still has that kind of guarantee. But yeah, it just depends on what service they, you know, want to go with. But typically the range in the area is 15 to 25. How do you decide whether they're a short-term or a long-term nanny, or is it up to the applicant? Uh, it's up to the, so essentially the family will post their needs and expectations um, in the registration form. And so we're looking for whoever can accommodate that. So it really just will depend on what the nanny's capacity is, if they're willing to make a long-term commitment or if they're good with short-term. Okay. So some people will apply and they're like, I only want to do right. weekends and that's okay. Right. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Noted. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying not to talk too much because I don't want to completely lose my voice. So yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to get to the point of the questions that I have. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm sure along the way there have been some hiccups of things because we're dealing with human beings and we're dealing with people's most precious commodity. Yes. Children, right? Um I I can imagine that there's been families who are like, 
this girl, blah, 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 right? She didn't show up on time. She said she's been sick for three days, you know, or whatever, especially during COVID, which is primarily, when did you start? Uh, I started May of 21. Uh, yeah. So right in the midst. Yeah. Yes. Um, so I'm sure there were all sorts of families that were like, we don't care about COVID. And then there are other families like, I want somebody who's fully vaccinated and whatever. Right. You, I'm sure you had the whole yep. gamut. What does that look like when somebody comes to you with those complaints? How involved are you in the kind of back and forth between the nanny and family? And what is your role in that? Right. So if it is, so if it's a refer replacement, we have a COVID clause on our contract. So basically like on the COVID side of things, they kind of have a, they have a record that they have to follow if someone gets COVID. Um, as far as, you know, being involved in like long-term placements, we're there for support and like advice and guidance for both parties, but obviously the parents are the employer. So they have to kind of call the shots. So we just give, um, that support and guidance to both parties. Now for on-call, Yes, it. I mean, honestly, we have seen a few situations like that, and it's very rare that we have someone call out, and that's kind of where we continue to strengthen that vetting process because now it rarely happens now that the vetting process is is so strong. Um, and obviously, people do get sick, and like we're humans, and yeah. stuff like that happens. And I just try to be accommodating, accommodating to the family, and obviously offer them. Something because we, I mean, sometimes we just can't help it because life happens, but we, we have to know, like, we're going to do everything in our power to make sure this person is reliable. And what really helps in our on-call service is that feedback from the family. So like after every booking, our system asks them to leave a review and we get to really get a good insight on was this person reliable? Did they show up on time? Did they pick up after themselves? You know, how was the care for the children? And so we keep a good check on that. And honestly, if the nannies are getting negative reviews we don't keep them on the team yeah and so, do you have a process on the back end for that is there like a write-up and then a warning and then yep, yep. and then exactly. you're gone right after yeah a certain amount. so well yeah well it depends on what the situation is sure, obviously course. if it's a no call no show we're like bye-bye negative yeah. yeah we're not doing that but like if you know if they're sick they have to provide a doctor's note and little things like that so um, if somebody gets sick um and they're you know whatever two hours out from babysitting are they calling you to say hey I need somebody to cover me or are they talking to other sitters um so they we have a huge chat and they'll throw it in the chat and just say hey like I'm sick I need this covered and a lot of people will tag in and help each other so that they can get it covered and then we also um Nicole she's our support gal she jumps in and is calling nannies um really on the on the last minute side of things and just really trying to provide that last minute support to make sure a family never goes without care. So it is a lot of work when something like that happens because we're jumping in, you know, and mm. it can be late at night. It can yeah. be at five in the morning. Right. Like it is, it's very crazy doing the on-call side of things, but she's really helpful and just like taking care of those things. So are the nannies allowed to find their own jobs as well, or must they book mm. only through you? Nope. They can find their own jobs and they can, you know, source, their their own jobs we just obviously ask that they don't you know work for our clients outside of us so that's really it we don't have a like super strong non-compete with our nannies but we just ask that they don't service our clients directly okay so, is that a signed agreement it is okay yeah <laughs> it is indeed. not a super strong nda but but it is yes 
Yeah. yeah. It That's is. smart. It's really smart. And you have to do that to be able to protect your business. Right. And I think really nannies, once they get onboarded, we really try to advocate for them and support them. Yeah. So I think that it's an easy decision, right? Mm-hmm. Like when they need a job, it's an easy decision to say, Hey, I need something, find me something because you know, we support them. They, you know, if someone cancels on them last minute, we do have a cancellation fee and the nanny gets that. Um, I think we get $5, but the nanny gets the rest of it. So, um, it is very useful in knowing that they're protected in right. certain situations. So, yeah. um, I think it's an easy choice for them, but we just have it on paper. Just, you know, yes. Just in case. Yeah. So, <laughs> cause you'll need it at right. some point you will need yep, it. Yep. For sure. So, I'm very into, you know, the people, the onboarding, the hiring, the expectations, all that. Um, when you bring these sitters on or even nannies, is there an onboarding process that trains them on expectations and what your brand is when they walk into somebody's house? Here's what we expect of you. Yes, there is. So we do have um, an onboarding guide that they have to review and go through. It's like a little quiz. So they have to go through it and then they'll answer questions just because there's stuff that we really want to make sure that they're knowing as far as like full training we're a referral agency so we legally can't fully train them we have to know when they're onboarded that they're qualified and they have experience and they come from a background that's in child care um just because of the way our business is modeled we don't directly employ the nannies right or we work on a referral basis so essentially we're saying we're referring this nanny to you because they have passed through our screening process and we're approving them and we know that they have good reviews and we know that they're a solid person. So what did those expectations look like? Um, so it really, there's a ton of different things, but, uh, timely expectations. So it goes, we have, you know, the details for our write-up form, you know, what can deem, uh, for a write-up and, um, basically our policies and procedures on getting bookings covered if there's a last minute issue and you can't make a booking. Um, and then also like dress code expectations. We try to, you know, really dig deep on those. Oh, not the cleavage hanging out. Yeah, no, not that <laughs> no one. No boyfriends coming over <laughs> right. to make out during the. <laughs> Luckily, most oh, of our geez. girls are. Hey, but I mean. That's happened it's to happened. me. Yeah. Yeah. Where they invite their boyfriend over while they're watching mm-hmm. your kids. Yes. Because the kids went to bed and they're bored. Yep. Yeah. We even have like no guests have to be approved for long-term placements. I am to- like mortified right now. Yeah. What? Yeah. Crazy things happen. How did you know? We won't go into detail. <laughs> did you, did you came home? Videos? I don't know. They told me like it was okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like they didn't see anything wrong with it. Isn't it funny how you have to lay out expectations that you think would already be common sense expectations? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is it. Yeah, but totally not. Any because, industry. Yeah. It's like, how did you, did you think wearing the, um, the, the shirt that says shit on it to work. Did you think that that was an appropriate thing? You know what I mean? Like little things like that. Like, hello. Well, just like I flew on an airplane yesterday and they were like, just a reminder, if you're someone choosing to wear a mask and the oxygen drops down, <laughs> please remove your mask uh-huh. before putting on the oxygen mask. And right. I'm like, oh my gosh, that had to have happened. Right. At some point where somebody put the oxygen mask over there. For them to have to say that. Right, yeah. But that's why like (laughs) handbooks and everything get to be like a bajillion pages because you're uh, trying to cover all of your bases on everything that's happened. That's why our withdrawal policy at school is like four paragraphs and so detailed to where people are like, okay, wait, let me reread this again. And it's because... 
people have tried to say certain things or like, oh, well, this is worded this way and it doesn't really mean that, you know? And I'm like, oh my gosh, okay, we're going to have to have lawyer speak right. now because of people just trying to do things, right? you know? Yeah, so and- they just assumed it was okay. They didn't ask me. And this was like when my older kids were younger, they were like, they're 18 and 15 now, so maybe 10 years ago or something. So we didn't have a ring camera or oh, yeah, anything. That wasn't a thing. Yeah, so I didn't know until I got home and she's like, Oh yeah, my boyfriend came over. I was well, like Well at least she's honest. What? <laughs> like right? at least there was that. Well, and it kind of told me like they probably didn't do anything or else she wouldn't have told me. I'm assuming. I don't mm, know. Maybe. But I'm like, um, well I don't really think that's okay. Yeah. So if you ever babysit again, that won't be happening in the future. Right. Cause can you imagine just like I, I imagine like my daughter going to nanny somewhere and that being an opportunity for her to be essentially like quote home alone. Right. Yeah. Ew, I don't like that. I uh-huh. know, because like we wouldn't let a boy come to our mm-hmm. house. Right. With our daughter as they were teenage. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Of course not. So yeah. Anyway. All these shenanigans. Shenanigans. Yeah. So yeah. you tell them no boys coming over. Yeah. So <laughs> there is definitely a clause in the placements <laughs> that guests have to be approved. So, yeah. so when you talk about long-term placement, are these people that live with the family or uh, it could be both, okay. yeah. but just, or they're making a, a long-term commitment to serve their family part-time full-time. And how long do you guarantee that if they have that same person for two years and then like everything hits the fan? You yeah. Know? So we have different packages, but we, it's the only thing that we, our guarantee is 30 to 180 day replacement guarantee. So it just depends on what they choose. But then also a lot of families, they'll sign for a year. And then when their year contract's up, like I have a nanny who's signing. She's going to sign on her third year with a family. Oh, and each year they that. just circle back and um, we'll update the contract. You know, a lot of times families want to up the pay or add bonuses or change the do- job description. So we'll do that every year um, to, you know, make sure everything's up to date. Yeah. Yeah. It's so wild how different it is now because there was no guaranteed hours for me. It was like, oh, you can go home early, you know? And it would be like, okay. Yeah. And I was like, oh, well, I guess I'm going to have to count for the loss of right. 40 bucks this week because I was young, you know, this was my bread and butter. Right. <laughs> but that wasn't a thing. Mm-mm. Like I didn't really expect them to pay me for it because I was very much like, oh, well, if I work, I'll get paid. Right. But it's the industry has come such a long way yes, for sure that nannies are seen in a much higher regard than just like, oh, this girl comes to watch my kids. Right. right? Yeah. Well, it, it makes a difference because it's now a career. And I know a lot of career nannies that were nannying in their 20s and are now in their 40s and they're still, still nannying. Yeah, it's amazing. for families. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What age do you start your nannies at? 18. 18? Yeah. Okay. And most of the time they come in with, um, well, they're all different. I can't say that. Um, they're, I mean, some come in with just babysitting experience. Mm-hmm. And they've been working for like three years just for people like I did. And so we'll start them in the on-call service and they'll build that rapport and we'll get reviews and and then we'll place them. So, okay, that's gives what them I a chance. Wondering yeah. if for some of those less experienced, if you start with like the shorter option and you're not like, here's your long term nanny right. that's never right. done yes. this before. Or- yeah. Yeah. They all have to have at least a year of childcare experience. So, we'll, if it's very low, then we'll start them in the on call service and they can kind of build that rapport. And then 
once they, you know, have enough reviews and we can see that they're reliable and stuff like that, then we'll place them with a long-term family. Yeah. I have a question. Yes. Since I'm an Enneagram one. <clears throat> so when I, um, <laughs> I'm like, what does this mean? Tell us. <laughs> this means yeah. when I interview nannies and people, I ask about their beliefs and stuff because I want to make sure they're not telling my kids something that goes against what we believe or think or feel as a family. Um, and that comes from a previous experience. I had someone I I thought had similar beliefs and then we went to go trick or treating and she told my kids it was evil that I was taking them trick or treating. Mm -hmm. I was like, Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is not going to work anymore. Right. Um, yeah. It's a values thing. Right. Right. So it's like we had the same beliefs sort of, but she took it to the extreme and I didn't set the boundary of if you have something different, talk to me, not my children. Yeah. So do you guys kind of vet that on the front end as far as like religious beliefs and things like that? Um, so we don't, we just vet the nanny. Like for long term, that would be a bigger deal. Yeah. So, so for the families, like per their request, that's not a question that we ask in their application, but obviously like they're the employer. So we're, we're doing our part in the vetting sense, right? but they, you know, when they have that nanny in their home, they can, you know, deem whatever questions they want to ask. And we do give the, the families like a, how to interview your nanny checklist and there they can, we do like ask them, talk to your nanny about your values, do your values align. But us saying like vetting particularly for little things like that, we don't, um, we can just you? do. I don't- I uh, no. Even if you can. Yeah. No. Yeah. Actually, crazy, crazy story. Oh. I had a mom call me the other day mm. and ask me for only a cauc- Caucasian nanny. Oh. Okay. And I said, Yeah, no. Like, that's, we can't do that. No. And she blew up, like, told me it was unethical, illegal for me not what? to. I think yeah. you have that Craziest, reversed, actually. No, yeah. Crazy, <laughs> crazy, crazy situation. But yeah, like I get calls like that all the time for random off the wall requests. And so then when I'm like, Hey, like this is negative. No. And they just, I don't know. But you know what? That's how, oh, that's how the bad seeds weed themselves out in your business. Yes. Yeah. For sure. Because if Bye. she wouldn't have asked that up front, yep. right. who knows what issues would have right. come later down the road. So it's, it's almost insane. like grateful that right. yes. she did that. Thank yeah. you for yeah. saying that up but, front. But see, right. that's, that's kind of like one example is like, we can't get like super specified on like yeah. needs like that, but we can't educate the family. Hey, like make sure that, um, this nanny has values that align with yours and they're going to be a good fit for your family. So, um, we do our, our vetting and pass them off for interviews. And then we just, you know, co- try to guide families on, you know, properly interviewing them. I would think the social media scan would kind of oh, weed yeah. out some of that because yes, it does, you know, you'll see, okay, this person's a little extreme and yeah. Witchcraft, or they're showing like, yeah, all these or their cover things. photo says, fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> I had that one recently. I was like, cause I just like, <laughs> oh no, I killed Sarah. <laughs> I'm just dying. It's fine. Yeah. Just, and you know, we'll go onto people's <laughs> Facebooks and stuff like that. Just for a quick overview to see kind of, oh, it's simple that. Yeah. Right. It's so simple. Um, and that was a very big indication that we were not going to hire you. And we even liked, so we do, um, you know, we have like a, a chat on indeed or whatever first. And then based on that, we invite you to a phone call, right? They call us and it's like 15 minutes and they're values based questions that we're asking. Right. We, um, 
we want to get a feel for who you are and how you would fit in with the team right. and stuff like that. And we really liked her on that side of it. And then before we invite you to come in in person, we do a little more digging. Yep. And there it was. Cover photo. It wasn't even like, oh, you had to scroll through some pictures. It was her cover photo on her Facebook. And do not pass go. We didn't even communicate again right. after that. So I <laughs> I think we know as adults and having, you know, gotten social media in our adulthood that these profiles matter they are a representation of who you are and what you stand for and what you value and um how you want to portray yourself in the right. world and employers look at that stuff and the internet is pretty much forever yeah especially when you're going through a third party that's like boop 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 doing all of the stuff <laughs> yep. that like humans can't do <laughs> it's it's not going away it, they will find that picture when you did yep. the cake stand at your sorority party you know, I, yeah. and that's fine. Did you do that? Do, no, <laughs> no. I had to leave college after my first semester because I had melanoma. Oh. Remember? So I, I didn't get in far enough to keg stand at that point. Well, I didn't know. I mean, some people still go to, like my husband dropped out of college, but still went to the parties. Yeah. No, no. I, I had to move home. That's a sad <laughs> No well, this for took me. a turn. <laughs> this took a turn. Yeah. No, there's so there's no pictures of me doing that. There are probably some pictures of me dressing up at some sort of fraternity parties. Yeah. But not super racy or anything. I'll have to dig those. That up. was probably way before actual oh, social media. Social media yeah. Though. Yeah. There is the picture with me and Snoop Dogg. And that was, I've told you that story. That should be your profile picture. <laughs> <laughs> that was my first semester at SDSU. And I got to hang out with Snoop Dogg. And he told me to stay in school. And was very nice. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard that he's nice. Yeah. yeah. Super nice. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there was other things that I witnessed that went on there. But those were not on social media. And I think that's the point is like, yes, we're going to do kid things. We're going to do stupid things. Everybody who has their phones out at every single turn, it's like <laughs> you could be blackmailed for that. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. S quit doing stupid things in front of people who are recording, which is really hard to do. So it's almost like stop doing stupid things. Good luck. Yeah. Well, yep. I know you can't like not hire someone. I just didn't know if it was like a question. Yeah. Like to pair people up of values based stuff. Values based. Well, stuff. I think the great thing that you do is as a referral agency, you're like vetting them up until this point and you're saying they've passed all of these things for us to right. be like a a great nanny, a great babysitter, you know, all all lights point green. Whatever. Whatever that saying is. <laughs> um, now you're empowering the families to do their due diligence. Right. And a lot of families don't necessarily know or have the time because they're two working parents and they have toddlers or whatever. They're not going through and researching like, how do I find a nanny and what do I ask? And right. what do I say? And what are we exactly looking for? And what do I want them to do? So to have the guidance of here's some things that you might want to ask and they don't have to go search it out. Right. Is wonderful. So they now feel empowered to be able to ask these questions. Right. And even when they like make their offer as their employer, we kind of set like a precedence. We set like a base and give them guidance on like, 
each offer that they make, whether it's PTO or, you know, their hourly rate or guaranteed hours, we give them kind of like a precedence, an expectation, what this looks like in the nanny industry, you know, what is expected as an employer. Now, is that upfront? Because I could imagine that a lot of parents who think like, oh, I just want to hire a babysitter for my kids <clears throat> Monday through Friday from nine to five, <laughs> <laughs> um, that they're just thinking like fly by the seat of my pants, I'll write you a check, whatever. Um, so when they first come to you, do you say like, this is how this process goes. And here's what you can expect when we do hire a nanny that you will be, you know, it will be taxed. There will be payroll. You want PTO. There's going to be guaranteed hours and do parents push back against that ever? Yeah. I mean, I, I had a dad the other day who registered, didn't, mm -hmm. do, does anyone else have a problem with people reading like your policies? Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Like it is the worst thing I have ever dealt with is just people not reading our policies and then coming back and being like, I uh, didn't know that. And you're like, but you initial here that you did know it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I have Our to thing. send screenshots of uh -huh. like yes. withdrawal policy and payment policy and that they literally clicked. Uh -huh. I agree to this on January 7th. People right. don't read that stuff anymore. They just figured they'll have to deal with it later. Right. When it does, if they have to deal with it later. And I'm, I'm guilty of that too. Right. But when I get the notification of like, oh, here's the withdrawal policy or whatever. I'm like, oh, I knew there was one and I knew I agreed to follow it. So I can't even be mad right now. Right. I'll just follow it. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. I mean, I had a dad the other day. We started everything, got the process going. And then he was like, threw his hands up to like not, he didn't want to do payroll. Like didn't want to put the, didn't want to legally pay the nanny. Just wanted to pay her under the table. And when that happened, it just kind of like halted, you know, unfortunately, like right. we're at a standstill now. Yeah, it's a like it is a policy like in order to use our agency, you have to put the nanny on payroll. Right. Like and follow kind of the precedents that we've set um, because, you know, we're, we're doing our due diligence to make sure these nannies are heavily vetted and that they are qualified to service your family. And then in return, we have to know that they are likewise taken care of. Right. So, yeah, I mean, that is just one big issue is like policies don't always get read. So that's why we do have to be very verbal and like letting them know up front. We do have it on in writing, but like all of our discovery calls, we chat through those things too. And then some people forget. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, or they're so focused on like, Oh my gosh, when, when can you have this person right. here? Because right. we're drowning because Moore County has no childcare right. options. Yes. And that's a whole other thing. Yeah. Right. So is I've seen so many moms usually on like more county ask a neighbor, more child care, whatever it is. Child yeah. care connection. Yeah. Just like, <clears throat> you know, it's so sweet when you see people move here and they're like looking for a, a daycare or child care for my two year olds. Not happening. And people are like, this is a child care wasteland. Right. Yeah. Move. <laughs> Yeah, or like, okay, you'll get in when he's seven. Yeah. <laughs> right. I know a lot of people who got on wait lists before their babies were born yes, and same. have toddlers now and have still not. I hear it all the time. Yes. It's insane. Yeah. I put, I just got a call the other day. I put Samantha on a wait list for a preschool when mm -hmm. she was like six months old to go when she was two. And they just called me. She's going to turn four. Yeah. But she can get in now. I'm like, well, we've figured something else out by now i i think they shouldn't even let you until you're eligible for that right like yeah that age you know if you're in your ninth month of pregnancy then you can register for six 
week childcare and up. Yes. But it makes it really uh, hard from our standpoint to um even know what your waiting pool or waiting list looks like because you have all these ineligible children. And by the time they are eligible, typically they've PCS'd or they have found alternative care, whether it's a nanny or something else. So it's like, I would prefer you not get on a wait list until you're like six months out roughly. And you know, then we have a better idea because when parents call us, they're like, how long's your waiting list? And I'm like, okay, well, First of all, it's a waiting pool at this point because classes have started. And so we have to figure out ages. We can't have, we don't want to be too heavy on our sixes in our three to six class, you know? So we're, we're figuring out all these different things and all of a sudden you're like, well, I don't, I don't know. And then that sounds stupid, right? right. I can't tell you an exact number or how long it's going to be. People are going to PCS, whatever it is. So I would imagine that a lot of people are now going to babysitters, nannies, yep. at l- the very least for a stopgap. And I don't know, you know, I don't know. They offer such completely different things. I don't know if one is even like, quote, better than the other. It just is really dependent on what your family needs and wants oh, for you your like children. A, a nanny or a child care Yeah. Center? Yeah. No, they're so different. I think it solely depends on what your family needs are. Like I just put my little one in daycare in preschool because he is so high energy that he needs someone like in an open setting, other friends, Mm -hmm. you know, someone to give him more guidance and direction in an open setting with more kids Yeah, because he's so high energy. But, um, but we've used nannies too and it has worked okay. But like that, having those people to play with is really what he needed. So well, it really just depends on the child. Why nanny sharing is becoming yes, super true. popular. Do you guys help facilitate that? Uh, yeah, we do. It's not like we don't, we don't largely focus on it, but we have done them before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what is that? So people know what that is. Yeah. You can explain. Yeah. So nanny <laughs> sharing is just where um, a family essentially splits a nanny and it, it can, it can be like childcare provided in the same home with, uh, one nanny and the children that are brought together, or it can be split hours. So um, the nanny doesn't necessarily have to have both families' children in one home. It could also just be this nanny needs part-time or sorry, this family needs part-time, this family needs part-time. And so that nanny has a full-time schedule between two families. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, And it usually saves the family's money because the nanny can charge less per kid if she's getting kids from two different families right. and the kids are getting socialization with the other families you just have to be trusting of if I'm dropping my child off at this person's house is their house baby proof and right safe and yeah all of that yeah and that's why we like haven't done them a ton because it just creates a whole nother layer yeah because I mean you have to make sure that the parents are in good communication and they have a great relationship so that you know, it all works out. So that's why we just haven't done them because it's so much more, but they are beneficial. And I know a lot of people do utilize them. Mm -hmm. So, so let's talk about the business side so we can hear just your journey. Cause you, you have only been open for like what, two and a half years. Yep. So when you started, you were hustling you and Caitlin and vetting people, I'm sure doing like interviews and all of that stuff. What does your team look like now? Yeah. And what are all the processes that you've put in place with apps and all these 
Be yeah. boobs things. Sure. <laughs> um, so yeah, it, before it was like all done by hand, me and Caitlin, it mm-hmm. was, it was a lot, but. And you had um, a new baby. Yes. I don't even know how that happened, <laughs> but we did it. We did it. We pushed through. Um, but yeah, now, uh, you know, my goal this year was, or with this baby was to take a maternity leave. And I did take a very wee short one um, because I have a, a gal in the office. Her name is Nicole. When I say in the office, obviously it's remote. But I was going to ask. Nicole, yes. <laughs> Nicole is amazing. And she runs like our support and on-call. So all of that crazy last minute stuff, it's her. She's jumping in, last minute taking care of those things. And then um, I just kind of jumped back in. Brady, my son, started school last week. So now I'm in. Oh, last back in. week. Yeah. Back okay. in like full time. How did so that go? It went as great. a mama. Oh, it went good. I've used a lot of nannies. So like I'm kind of used to being away. Uh-huh. Um, so it was good. He like one day loves it. One day he doesn't. Uh-huh. So he's like, wait, is this my real life? No. Now? Yeah, he is. <laughs> is he's this like, what we're doing every day. <laughs> yeah. So, um, now I'm like back in, back in, um, but Nicole really handled everything while I was on maternity leave. We also have a phenomenal lady who just started in HR. We've kind of had a few changes here and there, but she just started in HR and we're like wrapping up training and all of that. So I still kind of have my hands in uh, multiple different things right now while we're like making some transitions. Um, and then we also have uh, Nicole's husband, Troy, does our recruiting. So like all day, every day, he's doing recruiting on social media. Um, he's on probably every recruiting platform you can think of because like I said, we only pass 5% of the people through. So we have to have a lot of, yeah, we have to have a lot of headway and have a lot of applications because, you know, our process is so strong that unfortunately, like not a lot of people get passed through. So how do you market to potential hires? Um, so literally everywhere we do social media, we do a Google, we do indeed. But like what specifically, like are you telling them why they want to come work for your agency? Um, so we, right now, we're, we, most of the time we market direct positions that are posted from sure. long-term placements. Um, and then we also do have like blurbs of like what we do in like retrospect to what they, what it would be like versus using an agency and working on their own mm-hmm. and, you know, just being a sitter on their own and like what the difference is and the Here's benefits. what we can provide you. Yeah. Mama. Right. <laughs> Yeah, that's I have the same not issue, but kind of thing with hiring because people teaching private music lessons, they can teach out of their house and keep all the money. Right. And so like I have to make sure I relay like why it's beneficial to do it through the studio. Right. Which part of it is because you will get clients for them, right? I'll get clients for them. I fill their entire schedule. We have wait list. But the biggest thing is. They don't have to deal with all the extra. They can right. show up. The business side of things. They don't have to deal with any of that. They can show up and then teach and go home. Mm-hmm. And they don't have to, oh, I know you no-showed, but yeah, you don't have to pay me. Right, right. Like, I still make sure they get paid. Yeah. Yep. And I handle, you know, any of the issues. So they get to keep that teacher-student relationship right. versus the business owner. Yeah. Relationship. Yeah. So I'm like their biggest advocate and that's, you know, very similar for you. You're, you're the advocate for your nannies right? and making sure that they're taken care of. And I think once people see that it's totally different because I've had some people where they have a bunch of students in their house already, and then they want some more students. So they come to me and then they bring all their students over. They're like, yeah. 
yep, I'm willing to sacrifice yeah. this portion yep. of pay to not have to deal with any of the crap they see like, right. Oh, yep. this is so nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so absolutely. Cause not everybody, we were just talking about this. Not everybody who's a great nanny or a babysitter or violin teacher, or music teacher is going to be a good business owner. Right. right. And oftentimes when you are in an industry already and you thrive doing the thing that you do, it is too much brain work to do all these extra things that number one, you're not good at. And two, you hate doing right. right. Let somebody else do it. I've never had anybody leave and go do it out of their house afterwards again. Yeah. yeah. They're like, they're never like, again. Yeah. They're like never again. And the stuff they don't know that they don't know. Like the liability things like I'm like, oh, you're doing it out of your house. Do you have liability insurance in case the kid falls and knocks his front teeth out walking in your front door? Mm -hmm. Oh, how much is that? (laughs) Like they have no clue. So, yeah, definitely. It's but it's hard to get that across to them up front. I'm sure you have the same. So is he responsible then for creating all that copy and everything? Or is that still something you're doing? No, he does all of that. Yeah. So you employ a husband and wife. I do. Yeah. That is but rad. Cool story. Nicole, she lives in Illinois. Her husband lives in the Philippines. So what? she's originally from the Philippines and she moved here years ago. And now she's here with her son and he's finishing nursing school. And then he's going to come down too. Wow. Super cool. Yeah. And she... She's a boss babe. She owns like three businesses in the Philippines. She owns like a boba shop, two clothing stores that she manages all while being my girl boss too. And being wow. across the world. She is the coolest. Yes. Wow. She's awesome. We'll have to meet Nicole. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I keep telling, I keep trying to get her down. So yeah. hopefully soon. How did you like find her? Um, social media. She okay. started with social media management way back when. Um, then we kind of just went our separate ways. And then we found each other again and she has worked for us ever since. So yeah, she's amazing. Yeah. At what point in your business did you realize that not only did you need to hire people to help with the business side of things, but that you could financially? Um, I would say probably a year and a half in, like I just realized it was too much. Um, and then also when Caitlin had my niece, Eleanor, like she was my main gal. Mm-hmm. And so then when she had to step away, I knew I couldn't do it on my own, you know, because I, I definitely leaned on her for a lot of help. And so when she left with Ellie, I was like, help, help. <laughs> I need it. Yeah. And then my maternity leave came up just a few months after. So, yeah. Yeah. It's hard starting a business and being in the years that you make babies. Right. You right. know, it's it like, I want to do both. Yeah. <laughs> How I do know. I do both? Right. And sometimes it's cheaper to hire someone to do stuff for your business than it is to hire a nanny. Yeah. <laughs> right. So it's like, you've got to, it's, it's true. And especially when like you're like in the beginning stages and you're trying to get it, you mm-hmm. know, get your airplane to lift off. But yeah. Yeah. What does your husband do? Um, he works for a general contractor in Greensboro. Okay. So yeah, he travels, he commutes for work every day and he loves it. Something he's been with them for about a year now and he's, he's home. He's happy there. So I'm excited. Good. Yeah. Yeah. It's always nice when your husband likes what he does. He loves it. Because <laughs> <laughs> when they don't, I it know. just sucks for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah. What, and how many nannies do you guys employ altogether? Right now we have 50. But you don't employ them. No. Well, we're, not, yeah. you employ. Yeah. That we've, your, that we've vetted. That you refer, vetted. Yeah. Yes. Are currently referred. being referred. Yeah. About 50. Wow. Yep. And how many 
open positions do you guys have to fill like families? Um, for long term, we have about five right now. And then we have about 700 families in the on-call service who book random. That's such a good service. If my kids were younger, I'd be in on that. But now I just leave them home yep. alone. Um, <laughs> they're fine. They're fine. They'll survive. Yeah. No, they're good. Um, but that is such a brilliant idea because it takes the stress out of right, like freaking out if <laughs> your nanny canceled or your babysitter right. gets sick or whatever. How long does it take to get through the process if I'm like, oh, crap, my babysitter canceled tonight. Can I get on your site? and get everything oh. done to get a sitter by tonight yeah okay it, it probably takes 10 minutes okay oh, i mean you're in, like a in. mom's parents best friend yeah you're their rescuer hey that's yeah. why we're like we're trying every day to make the process sh- stronger for nannies because like that's that's the benefit as you can put in a booking last minute and we're going to be there and we're going to work until it gets filled you know and you said people get to choose if they're a member, they have like top priority of their nanny. So if, if I had a cancellation tonight and I wanted somebody specific, is it likely I would get that person or it just really varies? It, yeah. It really varies depending on their schedule and like how, if they're already booked, but most of the time when you go to book, it's going to show you people who are available okay. so that you have an idea, you know, and like it does happen to where the nannies, they're not updating their schedule in their app. So like sometimes every once in a while you're going to request someone that's not available just because they haven't updated their availability. Mm. So things like that we do really have to stay on top of. Um, But yeah, it's high. And then also in the app, like you can request consistency too. Um, If you do it through the back end through our app, it is more complicated because it's partially automated, you know, when it sends out bookings. But if you tell us on the, this is why like a a big thing for us is communication with parents is if you tell us on the forefront that you need consistency in our on-call service, we can work for that, right? We can message our group chat and talk to the nannies and find someone who's qualified for the job. But if you put it into the app, sometimes it just shoots it out to people mm-hmm. who are qualified. So mm-hmm. we try to catch it beforehand. Because a lot of these COVID, no, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. A lot of these COVID kids are really, have a really hard time warming up to people. Yep. So, you know, that's one of our things is like them really getting to know and I'm very strict about structure and routine yep. and schedules and all of that and having all of that laid out. Is that something families can also like put in there to relate to nannies before they come? Yeah, it is. So once they put in the booking, all of the needs and expectations are put up front. Now, some families, they'll put in a booking and just leave it completely Blank. empty. Yeah. So we're like needs and expectations. Like this is the nanny is coming and the only way that they're going to know what you need and what you expect is if you put it in the app. And so like a lot of people will be like, Oh, this nanny didn't do my dishes. And we're like, did you tell them to, or ask right. them to, which obviously it's not, that's not an expectation of the job. They're there for the kids. But if, if they're not busy, all of our nannies are willing to like go the extra mile and, and help in any way they can, because you know, they understand that like parents are busy and they're there to help and alleviate, you know, stress and all the things. Yeah. I think there's, I, I don't even remember. It's been a long time. Yeah. I'm like holding my fake phone in my hand right now. <laughs> <laughs> boop, 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 boop. Uh, but I think there's stuff like, do you have pets? Are yep. the pets going to need to be fed? Just right. like anything that you could possibly think of. Yes. Of being in somebody's household yep. is listed on there. Right. So it's definitely helpful for everybody yeah. to fill it out. Yeah. Especially if you have specific expectations right. like dishes. Yep. Yeah. For sure. 
Yeah, because so, yeah. like my child has to have this mix of protein shake with right. this medicine right. and this and this. You don't always have time when you're getting ready to rush out the door to, to say go it through all. all of that. Yeah. So that's comforting to know, like I've already put this, yep. they've mm-hmm. got it in the app. Um, my other question is if you vet someone and they don't make it through the process, how long do they have to wait to try and mm. come back through? Like if they're like a year later, they can try whether it's because they don't have enough experience or, you know, whatever it may be. I would be. imagine it would have to be something that they could change. Yeah. It's definitely like, if, like if your social- cover photo says, fuck that, you're not able to come back. <laughs> yeah. I'm assuming. Yeah. I mean, if we have a report that's negative, there's no way for us to change that report. You know what I mean? Like if it's a social media screen and it's a seven year history of trash, then we can't like, you know, it's not redeemable. You amend your but if it's, yeah. But if it's like, um, if it's like experience, they have to have at least a year of experience. So whatever that time would lapse for them to, you know, have references and like reliable resources to show us that they have childcare experience for at least a year. So it just depends on, it's very situational. Like it depends on what the situation is and if they can be changed or not. Right. So, gotcha. yeah. Oh, how sad if, you know, I, Yeah. Because the internet's forever. Yes. Because you said it's like a seven-year, like, like deep dive. Yeah. So if it's been uploaded, it's there. That's why we have to relate our kids how important it is. Yes. To be careful about what they put and say. Last night, Logan was like, oh, my friends have social media, you know, and he's about to be 13 next week. And he has nothing on his phone. Not even the internet. And (laughs) I could hear... Luke and him in his bedroom and me and Molly were in her bedroom and Logan's like, all my friends have it. When can I get social media? And Luke was like, when you're 18, you can decide what you want to do. And I was like, oh my gosh, are we really saying that we're going to wait till they're 18? But it's like, we're not ready for that. His frontal lobe will be fully formed at 25. He should consider waiting until then to get it, (laughs) you know? But it is. It is this permanent thing that when you have a lack of impulse control because you are simply not fully developed yet, it's really hard to impress upon children that this is legitimately forever. Right. And if you think like you know, you're going to send your boyfriend some cutesy little picture of you in this dress with your boobies or something that lives forever, whether right. it's on his phone, whether it gets, you know, airdrop to somebody else. These kids now are like in restaurants looking to see who they can airdrop things to. Yeah. And it just shows, or it happened to be on an airplane. I don't accept it, but I'm like, funny joke. You're trying to airdrop me something who knows, you know? Um, but your stuff is not private anymore. No, nope. that's crazy. I know. It's scary. Yeah. So um, I think that's pretty much it, isn't it? Yeah. I cut you off at one point. I know. I'm trying to remember remember what I was saying. What question was. What were you saying? I don't remember. You were talking about COVID kits, and I have a whole thing with that. Oh. Because um, I would imagine that you guys have families that come to you with children with you know, individual needs, whether that's behavioral or, um, you know, any sort of intellectual disabilities or anything like that. But we have, we're in our ninth school year and 
our toddler classroom has never had the amount of behavioral challenges than this year. I, I'm talking like almost a half of our, our kids, um, which that is, you know, 20 something of them in the toddler classrooms have some sort of challenge (laughs) that we have not seen to this magnitude and surprise, surprise, they were all born during the pandemic. And so it's like, is it because, and I'm so curious, I hope people do research on this. Um, because I think there's going to be long-term effects on children who were not socialized as babies, as developing toddlers, learning how to talk, you know, learning how to, um, you know, regulate their emotions a little bit or get energy out or anything like that. And I, I am blown away and we are trying to gather so many resources for these children to be able to regulate their emotions realistically. So I'm curious, do families come to you and are they upfront with any sort of challenges that the children and the nannies may have at their house? Or do things come up and nannies are like, oh my gosh, this was so hard. This was really challenging. The parents didn't tell me about this. How do I deal with this? You know, we need so many resources now. Yeah. So I definitely feel this because my little boy was COVID baby right. and the uh, like regulating his emotions. I'm like, Ooh, you know, and a lot of it is, is typical toddlerhood right. and, you know, developmentally appropriate, but yeah. the frequency of things happening and the, uh, amount of children right. with the same challenges yeah. is, I mean, yeah. So we, a little bit of both. We have parents who are very aware and very upfront. And then, um, I'll have parents who request a booking and they have a special needs child and they will absolutely not check the box that that child has special needs. And so then that leaves us in a very weird predicament because the, the nanny that goes into their home needs to be qualified for the child. Right. So we, you know, obviously don't know until the nanny gets there and they have to go through that. But, um, we just have to make notes on the back end and so many parents have a conversation with a nanny. Don't want their kid labeled or people right. coming in with the expectation. Yep. Because they're still coming to terms with it. Right. But it's so it's such a disadvantage to their kid to not put that True. up front. Because we have the same thing. They like leave it blank and then they come in this classroom. Right. And we're playing games and all this stuff. Well, that way overstimulates them. Yep. And we'll go and we're like, hey, they're having trouble. They're like, oh, yeah, well, they're, you know, autistic. And I'm like, then you need to tell us that because they're like, well, we don't want you to have to change anything. And it's like, we want to change. Yeah, to accommodate a child and help them with their. We care enough. But I also, I mean, I don't know how polarizing we want to get on it, but they were giving pregnant women the shot that Mm -hmm. was not researched during pregnancy with COVID. Right. They were telling pregnant women to get it. Right. Who knows? No long-term studies. Who knows how that would have affected the brain development. I don't think it's just a social thing because a lot of kids aren't in social settings when they're up to age two anyway. Like a lot of them are. Yeah. But during a pandemic, 
if you are, you know, being told to stay home and stay away from people, it's not even like you're going out to the park or whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, I'm sure a combination of it could be multifaceted all things. Yeah. Um, but now we're getting on the other side of it. And especially with speech development, try teaching a child how to talk with a mask on. Yep. Good luck. Right. Yeah. We would have speech pathologists come in with a mask on. Half of learning how to speak is seeing somebody's mouth and how it moves in their facial expressions. It's right. Like, oh, a two-year-old's going to pick up on that? No, right. they're not able to. And and wh- whatever you believe on mass aside, it is not good for developing toddler right. brains, learning how to socialize and learn how to speak. And proper facial expressions and proper reactions and yeah. all of that. It's a whole thing. It it's a whole thing. thing. And, uh, you know, I think we're still, it's still so new that we don't know what resources are actually needed. And, you know, it's like for you, I'm sure a nanny with a nanny <laughs> <laughs> with patience is a big thing when you have, right. you know, behavioral challenges and things like that. It may not be like, oh, she was an RBT or an ABA right. or whatever you might not have access to somebody like that but just somebody who can keep their cool in some high stress situations Mm -hmm. you know yeah and just has the knowledge to navigate you know Mm -hmm. different different things that they can do with the child that is you know gonna help them yeah help advocate for them so yes i do see half and half yeah half and half I don't know. I don't know where this goes and what this looks like, but I am very hopeful that somebody does some actual studies on it. Yes. And not me. (laughs) No, Caitlin, we're not doing it. (laughs) Putting my foot down on the Long-term data. Yes. Not going to be us. We can find somebody else. (laughs) So what are the kind of next steps for you? Do you have any big goals or... Yeah. Where you want so to see the business? We, we just launched uh we're we just launched our service area. We opened it up to all of North Carolina. So wow. we're gonna be doing placements in all of North Carolina. So I'm super excited about that. And really like I'm just jumping back in. So I am um excited to just implement some I know this is gonna be right up your alley, but like <laughs> um with our team, like our our management team just really implementing um, our weekly meetings and like huddles where we'll get together and just talk about growth and map things out and make a game plan because, you know, I've just, I've been MIA for a little while. Yeah. So I'm back in and just excited to like get consistent again and um, connect with more families and just continue to better our processes and everything else. So that's currently what we're working on. Are you going to keep the name the same? Yes, I am. We did do it. You full, just rebranded. Yeah, we, re- <laughs> we, we changed the name and then we, um, did a full rebrand. So because what were you before? I can't even remember. Santos rent and Annie. That's right. Yes. Yeah. So just shortened it up a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Um, so tell everybody your website and social media and all that. So it's sandalsnannyco.com and you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, all the things. <laughs> yep. Awesome. That's a lot to manage. All the things. Yes. Yeah. All, the things. <laughs> all the things. It is. Well, thank you so much for coming. Yeah, we really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, I'm glad it finally happened. I know. <laughs> it's wonderful. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye. All right. Yeah. All right. So <clears throat> we're hopping back on. <laughs>
<laughs> we got something to talk you about. Splice it in somewhere, maybe. No. Okay. Here I we are. I think it's funny. Yeah, we're is, back. This is this is this, what happens. Yeah. You stop recording, and then we have really good conversation afterwards, and we never start recording again until right now. We're until doing right it. now. Okay. But we were talking about a nanny and camera situation, right? And that's something we didn't. Which is something on. I never had to deal with as a nanny. You probably. Do you mean you never had to have a camera on you? Right. Got it. Yes. I never had to worry about that. Technology was not really a thing at that point. I, I definitely. You had did. nanny yeah, cams sure. on you. Mm-hmm. Um, I have very mixed feelings because parents will be like, oh, do you have cameras in the classroom that I can uh, check, in. check in on and I can see all the time? And I'm like, let me know if you would like to do your job under a watchful eye 24-7. How would that make you feel? So I have very mixed reviews. And then I'm also like, I'd kind of want to check in on my kids in a classroom. <laughs> so we have, we have cameras, but I don't let families watch it for the protection of the other children. Because I'm not doing a mm-hmm. background check Correct. on these other parents. Right. And like, what if there's some creepy guy and he's in there watching someone else's kid? Yeah. Or, oh, sure. Yeah. You know, whatever. Yeah. We have cameras, but just not in the classrooms. We have them exterior for security measures but you know you're talking about when you leave your kids you have what a ring cam or what is it yeah so we have nest cameras in our house and so we've had we have a nanny too and um you know I just check in be like oh I wonder if my kids are awake or I wonder what they're doing doing? or whatever but I've had situations where I've checked in and I'm like text the nanny not my current one but a previous one been like Hey, please don't let him do that. <laughs> right. You know, I don't want him to get hurt. Seeing something undesirable. Right. And had to address it. So do you guys, how do you, how do you handle the camera situation? Yeah. So we ask if there's cameras in the home, because honestly, we believe that communication is everything. You know, not every nanny is going to feel comfortable with a camera. Yeah. And that's just like preference, right? They're not going to want to, I posted about this the other day, but they're not going to want to see have family see them acting a silly with the kids, right? They're just like have different yeah, personalities. Yeah, there's a whole different just layer. awkward. Totally. So um, there are nannies who do have a preference and they're phenomenal. They're amazing, but that's just their preference. And so we ask because we believe communication and being upfront about those things is everything. Do you ask that for the on-call service and placement? Uh, so we don't. For the placements, it is just on the co- contract that you're right to, to disclose if there's cameras. Um, but for the, sorry, I think I switched it up for placements on the contract. We just asked that they disclose that there's cameras and then for our on-call service, it's a question on the booking so that, you know, if both parties are comfortable, you'll get matched with someone who's comfortable with a camera in the home. So, yeah, I, I think a lot of people would initially be like, oh, you don't want cameras. What are you doing? Right. And there's this whole layer of like, well, we're going to be silly and play dress up and, you know, sing. And I don't (laughs) necessarily want to be on your camera doing that. I know. Yeah. And then I get it from the side of the parents. Like, I want to, I want to, I'm not going to sit there during my entire dinner watching (laughs) my kids, but it would be nice to have the security of looking in and seeing what's going on. I see it from both sides. And I, I mean, we don't have them here. Again, my kids are way older. Mm-hmm. So we mainly, the ones we can check from our phones, we have it in the kids' bedrooms and then like our family room, like the playroom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. But I, I mean, know. we have it's one. tricky. We have one in our living room and in the kids, in the boys' rooms. 
Yeah. So I, and I think they're beneficial and I'll check in. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, and, and in my opinion, if, um, you know, you're getting a nanny from, well, even from an agency, I, I think that they're beneficial because you can check in and have that peace of mind. Yeah. Now, obviously there's some families who are going to be like too much, mm-hmm. right. And overbearing. And that's why some nannies don't like to have them because there are parents who just will sit there and watch all day. You know what I mean? Well, and, and then it's like no nitpicky of trust. like, um, you know, I don't even know something silly, like, Oh, the blankets don't get folded that way. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And it's true. It does happen. So like, I think just having that good relationship with your nanny to where you do build Mm -hmm. that trust, Mm -hmm. um, it takes time obviously, but with placements, you know, that trust, they become like family. Um, so I feel like it's easier when you have a long-term placement, but for on-call, heck yeah, always we do. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting. I guess it's a little bit different in a school setting. We have human oversight, right? So our director, our assistant director, our Montessori mentor, teacher, like our floaters, there are people going in and out of classrooms as kind of an oversight all of the time. Right. And vetting, trusting the people that you hire, onboarding them correctly, all of those things. Um, But I, I just, I try to think like, would I want, you know, 17 moms and dads watching me all day as I did my job. How many questions would you get? Right. Right. right? Of like, so what was this whole thing that happened? How come, um, Sally did this? Anytime we tell a story, it's Sally and Johnny. I'm like, no one names their kids that. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, how come Sally got to do this before Johnny did? I just feel like it would open this huge can of worms where we would have to be explaining the entire day of routine and how we do things. Right. Um, that is just not necessary. Yeah. Right. We, um, we only use it for like as needed, like, Oh, this kid got hurt. Let's go back and see right. exactly how it yep. happened. Yep. We record that great. little clip. Yep. We show the parent. Yeah. The teacher was there. The teacher was spotting her. She just, fell you know yeah and it was nothing that you know we were negligent or anything so but my teachers like the cameras in the room but also we don't CYA yeah yeah but also um we don't have parents parents don't get access exactly to it yes that might be like a little in between yes I think it's great though Mm because it gives you peace of mind too that the teachers are doing their job and right you know what I mean right and they're alone right with a student. Right. Right. Like in a voice lesson, mm-hmm. it is the student and the teacher. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's definitely, definitely a necessity for sure. I agree with that. But also, um, during the season reveal, I was changing in one of those rooms. Yeah. You got to unplug the camera. And then I realized halfway through, I was half naked and I was like, Oh, there's a camera in the corner. And then I was like, I hope Sarah doesn't just like randomly go through and watch all of these just as like, Oh, what, you know, what's been going on in here. And I think I even told you. Yeah. No, you told me, I was like, yeah, we normally unplug those. If we know people are going to be changing (laughs) like on picture day and stuff, the kids will all use the rooms to change. And so we go and unplug them, but I only use them if, I only use the camera yes. if it's needed, if right. something happens yeah. and then I can go back and look yeah. or kids lie and say that things happened that didn't happen. Sure. And so like if I were a nanny, I would almost prefer it at, for my protection right. because, you know, we've had kids say stuff happened and I went mm-hmm. watch the camera. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you're solo, it's like. Not at all. Anything 
could happen. And so we showed the parents and then now that's a problem for you to worry about where that kid came up with that. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's why we always like, nobody is left alone. Right. With kids at our school. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I also think too, if I was a nanny and I had cameras on me, like, what if you had to like pick your nose or like pick a wedgie or something, (laughs) you know, or (laughs) just do it. (laughs) Just little things like that. You know, just little, little nuanced things. So you're like over in the kitchen, like hiding a little bit. (laughs) Got to get this book, you know, (laughs) just think of little things like that. If you were being watched all the time, oh my gosh, there would be things that would be unbecoming of you. I wish I would have filmed you (laughs) reenacting, reenacting the hiding, picking a booger. Yeah. I don't know. I, I see both sides of it and it is a nuanced situation right when you are solo with a child I absolutely think on both sides it's a a cover both sides right for me as a nanny for you as the family um in a big setting where there are two teachers and 16 kids and oversight in and out I don't know I just feel like it creates a lot of question yeah (laughs) maybe just answer have it in case something happens. Right. That's not an open feed to parents. Right. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. We totally. just do it through our CPI security. Right. And they just put it in all the rooms. Yeah. It's like seven ninety nine extra a month per camera or something. Do you have kids that are um, like a no photo? Mm-hmm. So how do you get around that? Well, we're not publishing or posting it anywhere. But you own it. We own it for security. So do you, do you say that? In well, it's on the door. That you're under video surveillance. So our our photo policy says, do you allow us to take photographs of your child for social media marketing? Got it. <clears throat> so, so it doesn't it, cover. It doesn't cover your that. CCTV. Right. But that's on the door. So they know when they enter. Right. It is yep. disclosed that Got they're it. on video surveillance. But we're not using that to post on social right. media. <laughs> What so. if those were part of your social media? <laughs> Look at this dance class today. It's like from the corner. Yeah. <laughs> Creepy. <laughs> Good. Okay. I'm glad we covered this because I feel like, sorry, we're sorry. playing footsie now. <laughs> Woo. Um, <laughs> uh, I, yeah. I think it's a thing that is very relevant. Yeah. In our day and age. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Now for real. Bye. For real. Mm-hmm. Okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs>